Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 249 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Today's episode is tough. We are talking all about grief and loss. Grief is never talked about because it's so hard. Kelly is talking and sharing all about it for that specific reason. When Kelly lost her husband unexpectedly, her world was turned upside down. She took to social media to share her experience and how she is coping without alcohol and how to move through these stages of grief. This is such an incredible conversation. And I really wanna give props to Kelly for her honesty and being so open and vulnerable. This is such a fantastic conversation. Kelly, what is going on? How are you? It's such a complicated question question when your husband dropped dead. I'm great. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I said that people are like, oh, oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely, I I cannot relate to that. And I definitely want to get into that. That is definitely what drew me to you and your TikToks and talking all about grief and what a huge parcel that is to unpack and no one is talking about it. And you are the brave woman who is doing it. You are talking and showcasing the ins and outs, the good, the bad, the ugly about grief, because it's so major, so major. Yeah. So. I mean, just trying to share like one woman's journey. Um, yeah. Because I think like the the kind of like what, what I found, okay, it's not like I've done a deep dive, let me tell you on the grief material out there, but um, is that the... the the image we have of grieving or grieving widow in particular, it's sure. kind of one note. Um, and it like grief is as different as there are a number of people on the planet. Like it's, it's, and so I just wanted to be a little part of contributing to helping other people feel free to do it their way because it doesn't look just one particular way. Yeah. I mean, there's also so many stages and, emotions attached to grief that are just so wild. It's like a roller coaster. And I also wanted to talk to you because you also do not drink alcohol. So how do you actually identify with your relationship to alcohol? What what does that look like for you? I mean, in terms of like labeling, for me, like the labels in the I don't even know the lingo, all right, but the sober community yeah. did not fit. Like I, okay. I mean, maybe it's my like independent streak, but I, I just, um, and I'm not a fan of labels in general because I think they're limiting, but sure. I don't drink. 
And um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we could talk more about what led me to this place, but yeah, I had a, a goal. Okay. And that was, or like a vision, I'm going to call it. It was bigger than a goal yeah. of having ease in my relationship with alcohol. And I found it. Ooh, okay. I found it. I, it wasn't, it didn't take the form that I had anticipated when I wrote down, I would be thrilled if I had ease in my relationship with alcohol. Um, but okay. where I found it was in not drinking. Interesting. So did you try moderation? Like, what did that look like? How did you achieve this ease? Like, did you try certain, like, only drinking on weekends? Or, like, did you set kind of rules or moderation? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, so I've, I had experimented with loads of different rules. Um, okay. And, I mean, I wasn't, it's, I mean, this is all relative. I wasn't a huge drinker. Sure. Um, but I, I was probably somewhere in the middle of the continuum, right? But, um, <laughs> Yeah, I experimented with lots of rules. I'll just drink on the weekends. I'll just have, you know, one glass. I'll just have two. But the, the, and I followed the rules for the most part that I okay. set out for myself. Yeah. Um, but rules do not equal ease. And uh, mm. so I would be thinking about the rules. I'd be planning the rules. I would be beating myself up if I broke the rules. Like, this is not to me ease. Yeah. If anything, that sounds like way more energy, Lots way of more energy. time. Lots of energy. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. So after that, after you know, conforming to the rules, what made you just do away with it altogether? Right. So okay, like rewind. I I had this um, list that I would do each year. Literally, like I would be thrilled if you know, instead of New okay. Year's. And so I would write all these outlandish things that I didn't think that I could achieve. And so one year I wrote, and this is, I don't, I'm I'm not good with timelines. Like I always say five years ago, and then it turns out it was like 14, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it was about four years ago when I, maybe three, when I wrote this ease in my relationship with alcohol. And it was kind of easy to write that because I thought, well, surely that's going to include some drinking. So not like a high risk thing to to set my heart on right right um so so i had written that and then i was um in perimenopause and i was unable to sleep like i've always slept through the night i mean Mm -hmm. like my head hits the pillow i'm asleep i wake up when my alarm goes off kind of gal right yeah and uh because of perimenopause my sleep was interrupted which is like oh my word that's hell on wheels right mm-hmm. or my hot flashes just wait till you can't sleep so this led me to do some reading and research and everything i read was sort of like you know alcohol's not your friend when you're in perimenopause and menopause yep. and and i had written this ease with alcohol thing and um i for, for reasons that my conscious mind cannot explain yeah. I would wake up in the morning and think and just have this icky and not physically like I, I never drank so much mm-hmm. that I was hung over. Uh, I mean, very rarely, like once a year, maybe. But um, my spirit was hung over. Oh, <laughs> like, a glass of wine. And, and um, yeah. he, my husband was alive at the time and he would just be like, why? And I my conscious in my conscious mind, I. I can't answer that question. Um, yeah. But, you know, the older I've gotten, the more I've 
like realized that the conscious mind's a little bit overrated and my spirit has it's sometimes it's a better guide, frankly. So I've got 100%. my alcohol vision, I've got menopause, I've got this like not feeling great emotionally and spiritually, you know, when I would wake up. And yeah. then um I read this naked mind. Can't remember the name of the author, I'm sure you've heard this mm-hmm. book. And yep. And where I got to in my conscious mind was just, look, I I can buy that alcohol is not health, physically healthy for me. Like everything you read, it's not good, especially for a woman in perimenopause, menopause. And so if, if it didn't really matter to me, then why would I do it? Because I do all these other things to try and be healthy and live a long, you know, like juicy life. And Mm -hmm. if it did really matter to me so much so that I was willing to compromise my health, then I should probably do it. Like, so just, it was actually logic in the end that that kind of like, anyway, so it's all these layers, right? But in the end, the, the, the the last thing was just this logical question that I put to myself. If it doesn't matter, why would you do it? And if it does matter, you probably shouldn't do it. Interesting. It's so interesting because you started off with like the spiritual, you know, that that unconscious feeling like that's like poking and nagging at you like, not so hot. But that's actually how we make decisions. Like we make change. We need both sides of our brain on board to really execute and make a solid change in our life. That's so cool. Do you think that unconscious feeling, did it feel like guilt? or shame at all after you drank? Oh, for sure. Um, Like, you know, part of it was, um, you know, really wanting to be available for my kids. Like I have dependent kids. Mm. And, you know, even just if they wanted to have a chat with me at midnight, (laughs) like wanting to be so present for them. you know, yeah, I think that I think that that was a lot of it. But I'm just trying to diagnose with my conscious mind what my spirit knew. And yeah. I think like the knowing in our bodies and in our spirits, it's way bigger than what we then just try and decipher with our conscious mind. And so I totally I almost don't like interpreting, like bringing it into words, that part of it, because Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think just by doing that, I diminish the size of it, the scope. Of it. Yeah. And almost like the, the magic of it, the for magic. lack of better words, like yeah. it's an energy, it's a feeling, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you, you stopped drinking alcohol. What did that look like? I know, you know, you were I've been watching your TikToks for a while now. And I, I've seen the progression from like, you've been giving kind of tips to, to your younger self or younger ladies out there. And then something quite traumatic hit you, your husband. Mm-hmm. What happened to your world when that, when that went down? Yeah, so uh, my husband of almost 20 years died suddenly last summer. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, when you go through that, like, 
<laughs> the rest of your world falls away. Like this yeah. is the only thing that um, is in your landscape dealing with, you know, you, how you're coping with it and how your family's coping with it. And yeah, the world just, I mean, kind of like an earthquake, like you, everything is, is upended. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I mean, I'm, I'm about five and a half months out. Yeah. I'm still in it. I mean, so to talk about it, just uh, as yeah. I talk about it to, I am now aware cause I've gone through hardship in my life, like lots of hardship. Sure. So I know that from that, those experiences, I'm still in it. And so I can't give you this, like, again, conscious mind clarity of what it's like to be in it because I'm clouded by being in it. Right. But I I will say like, just coming back to the knowing of the spirit and not drinking, Mm -hmm. I, it's so strange to say I'm grateful when your husband just dog died, but I feel like I say I know. I'm way more now than I did before he died. It's, so I don't mean to say at all that I am grateful that he died, but um, I'm so grateful that my spirit nagged me and that I listened so that I could head into this horror part of it. It's horror. Yeah. Um, being, as resilient as I possibly can. And that included not drinking, like talk yeah. about wanting to be present mm-hmm. for your kids. I, you know, but also for myself, mm. I don't know how I would have continued to move through the experience if I was pressing the pause button by yeah. having, you know, which Hey, look, sometimes you want to break from the crap, but um, I thought, right. in my opinion, this is totally unscientific. I'm an accountant, all right? I'm not, <laughs> not a scientist, damn it. But, um, but you've gone through it. That's, that's what's so like moving and fascinating. Like you are living this in real time, like you said. You're still yeah. in the thick of it, you're still in the weeds. I and am. I think even just being able to talk about it and give other women insight as to what it's like, what you've gone through, what you've learned so far. I mean, in five months is a relatively short time it for is. such a traumatic I, I event. Like the drinking, this is what mm-hmm. I just what I imagine if I were drinking, is um, it sort of like takes you out of whatever you're experiencing in the same way that sleep does. Like, you know, except the difference is if you're sleeping, I really think maybe your conscious mind isn't doing anything for you, but your spirit and your body are healing, right? Totally. But when you're drinking, I don't mean to vilify drinking either. When I when I was drinking wine, I just like when people, you know, people talk about it. I I grew up in the church. I do not want to evangelize, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't want to make the narrative us and them. I think it's not productive, but, um, totally. But what I found is when, if you're drinking, it's a bit like sleep, like you're not, but except while your conscious mind isn't healing, neither is your body and neither is your spirit. And so I just believe it would have, would prolong the pain and compound it with other challenges. So. Mm-hmm. I 
really feel like whatever you believe about God or the universe or our kind of wisdom, that that choice to not drink, you know, a decent amount of time before Dave died mm-hmm. was so important for me. Yeah. I mean, drinking would be like putting a Band-Aid over a bullet wound, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. And I love how you said you would pause, like it would pause the, this whole process because grieving is a process. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many layers and so many emotions, which I can see, you know, why we drank is probably to avoid these emotions or not yeah. feel them so, so intensely mm-hmm. because it's tough. I want to ask you, why did you make the choice to talk about this publicly? Because it is a very, very intense subject. How did you kind of get on TikTok and be like, okay, here we go. Like what was going through your mind? Even in the first video that you brought, like brought this up, like what was going through your mind? Were you scared? Um, so just as context, I've been creating content for years, right? I had a written weekly blog for yeah. a couple of years. And then I wrote a book, which is why I started posting on TikTok in the first place. Uh, when you write a book, you you need a platform to promote your book as an author. And I right. had no platform, right? So, um, so yeah. I started to post on TikTok, you know, almost three years ago um, with an eye to promoting my book, which, you know, didn't happen. Like, it's just not, <laughs> it's not the right platform. But, but um, so content creation is part of my life's purpose. And, um, you know, I believe that publishing anything like what you write or, or videos, it's, it's like journaling on steroids. Like you, you really examine what you believe Mm -hmm. in a deeper way. And so, so that, so it serves me also, I, I really believe that there's there's an epidemic of loneliness. And I know this sounds kind of crazy. Like, yeah, I post on social media to alleviate loneliness. It's like, well, aren't you keeping people on social media? But, but there, when you, as a content creator, like I bring my true self and, mm-hmm. and I care about the people who follow me, some of whom I also follow. Like these relationships aren't fake. They can be fake, sure, for sure. There's lots of fake in in all elements of humanity, real world, virtual world. Um, but again, coming back to like why am why am I posting in general? And then I talk about the grief. But um, I I feel like I want to do what I can to make the world a bit better. And I think just by sharing honestly and honestly caring about people. Mm-hmm. then I can do that. And, and I, I have girls, you know, I have daughters. And um, again, coming back to what we talked about earlier, which is just showing yourself honestly to expand the range of what is normal. Normal is mm. just like, it's vast. <laughs> We're all mm-hmm. normal. And um, like instead of just so curating what we show of ourselves, 
that is so limiting for everyone else watching. It's like, oh my gosh, well, if I'm outside of this narrow, narrow band, then I'm not normal. There's something wrong with me. Um, yes. And so in a way too, it's giving what I hope is like the, the gift to in particular young women, but older women too, and myself and myself, mm -hmm. honestly, of acceptance. Like, you know, that, so that's why I pulled. So, so mm -hmm. I went into losing Dave having already posted for, for over two years yeah, on almost daily basis and having a community of people that I care about. Right. And so it didn't feel like the right choice for me to say, well, now that this happened, I'm just not going to relate to my community anymore. But I yeah. also, there's no sure. way in hell that it was going to not mentioned the freaking monstrous elephant in the room that was sitting on my head like i of course i couldn't yeah. do that and be authentic so so yeah. here we are talking about grief wow i mean i don't that think there's any answer, way right? no that was that was a great answer and I, I love that you brought that up because there is you know there is fake aspects in real life and online there it just exists like you, there's no way around it but i think you talking about real life issues and things that you are living in real time and and just being open and honest there is no room for fakeness so it, it makes sense that like yes of course you'd have people who are interested in your life and vice versa because you're being real i think like, it's so you're so actually doing everyone a service and I think even sorry to go on but um listening to, to your experiences helps other people articulate maybe what they're going through and what they're feeling because most of the time we don't know how to even explain our feelings and here we have Kelly on TikTok <laughs> talking about grief and all the shit that it comes with it because there's a lot right and it's easier to be like, oh, that's exactly how I feel. I had no idea how to even verbalize and articulate that. So you are doing a huge service. Huge. I think too that you were talking about this the spirit. Like, you know, what I say on TikTok, mm -hmm. that's like at the conscious mind level, right? Uh, yeah. But I think that when we talk about loneliness, when we talk about that sense of connection. There's mm. also this deeper thing going on. Um, you know, those people who say I'm not on social media, they, they won't believe what we're talking about here. But um, <laughs> when you bear witness to someone who is sharing themselves honestly, mm -hmm. there is this soul connection where it doesn't, it almost, what they're saying, I mean, it's part of it, but it might not even be most of it. The most of it is this deeper connection and, and deeper, hopefully, freeing of people who are with me to do mm -hmm. that for themselves, even if what they're feeling and thinking isn't at all what I'm feeling and thinking. But there's this deeper yeah. um, freedom that I, I hope people get. I get it. I get it. Like when I. Yeah. You know, when you when you're authentic and you're prepared to share it, it's very, very freeing. 
Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying, but yes. <laughs> what the thought, the thought of it is terrifying. The, yeah, the yeah. reality of it is like so many things. I, I yeah. was, I mean, just to be frank, I was pretty terrified about not drinking, about like, could I do it? If I mm-hmm. said, I've decided to stop drinking and I couldn't do it. Like, that's kind of terrifying. And also, like, mm. will, life be, will life be, like, just various shades of gray um, mm-hmm. and not that fun one and 50 shades of gray? I mean, like, boring AF, you know? Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's the contemplating that's scary yeah. I mean, obviously the same things just are fucking scary, but you know what I'm saying? Like what I have found around being vulnerable is it's contemplating vulnerability that's scary, not actually being it. Um, and, yeah. and it's the same thing I found for drinking. I thought not drinking would be a huge freaking deal. The amount mm. of energy I wasted years of having rules and not drinking on the, during the week, blah, blah, blah. Because mm-hmm. I had this totally limiting, wildly false belief that not drinking would be hard. And it's so, and I don't mean to diminish that it is hard for some people, but for me, sure, um, it's the easiest thing I've ever done with respect to alcohol. Why do you think it's easy for you? Because I am, feel completely free in my choice. I, I don't mm. not drink for any other reason than I chose not to. I don't want to. My life is better without doing it. So there's zero struggle. There's no struggle. Right. And there's no, there's no wavering because you see, you've also like demystified that, that limiting belief because you've experienced, you're like, nope, that's not true. Well, like, frankly, I just feel like if I want to drink, I can, like I, I, Mm-hmm. It's just I'm in full choice. So I think I think that is the big difference between all the rules that I had and how I feel now. Yeah. Like when I had all these rules, I was I could feel, even though they were self-imposed, I was like struggling against them. And mm. now I don't have any rules. I just have a choice. A choice that I freely made. I could make a different choice, but I don't want to. So that is, there's right. no more struggle. Right. And I think as, as, as we go through life, different choices and different like benchmarks will come up and then you're free to make another choice. Yeah. And like another my, choice. Totally. I mean, my, my mom asked me, oh, would you ever drink again? And I'm like, uh, maybe like, I, I might make a different choice. Yeah. Um, one of the real like motivators for me is because I have, you know, dependent kids. And so if I didn't have dependent kids, would I drink again? Well, I don't, I can't answer for that future self. I doubt it because life is, is good. So I doubt it. Why, why would I do that? But, um, I wouldn't say never. Going through grief and and the death of your husband, was there any part of you that was like, fuck it. Like, let's just have a drink. Did that ever creep into your mind? I don't think so. One of the, um, a a gifts that's a, it's a dark, dark ass gift, but one of the gifts of of something so bloody traumatic is your own body, mind and spirit puts you into a 
come on, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like you don't need booze to be in a complete fog or I I didn't find. Mm, Yeah. Um, You're, I was in shock. Like, so the same way if you got whatever physically hurt and you're in shock and you can't really feel like also, um, I mean, I talk about having to be on as a parent, like my kids were absolutely reeling. So mm-hmm. no, that there wasn't, I, I, sorry if I cry, but it's okay. It's, it's so Canadian to apologize for crying. Isn't it? But, Don't um, ever be sorry. No. Um, no, what, what I felt more overwhelmingly with respect to booze was thank God I am not drinking. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool to hear that. Because it, it could have gone either way, right? For a lot of people. It's yeah. just like yeah. the go-to coping mechanism when something so traumatic happens. Yeah, for um, sure. I want to ask you, what have you learned in these past like five months? Like today, we're, we're coming up to today. What would you say is your biggest lesson in these last five months? Again, I'm so in it, you know. Yeah, I um, I got divorced a long, long time ago. Um, so Dave was my second husband, and when I was going through divorce, I was like, I'm. I I, I really felt like I was doing really well, and I and I was clear in my thinking and feeling. And then it took a few years, and I look back, I'm like, oh, man, I was in such a fog. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm not at a point where I can very clearly say these are the learnings that I've taken from his death. But I, what I will say is all of those learnings over the previous, you know, I would say like I've been on the journey of achieving self-actualization or attempting to for say 20 years. Yeah. Those things that I believed in my mind about, um, you know, the way we think about the world impacts our experience of it our our perception informs our experience like all these things that i just intellectually believed mm-hmm. soaked into my soul with this because mm. it turns out that they're true and now i know them at a deeper level sort of like like the booze for example like mm-hmm. i felt like it's better not to be drinking you know yeah sure and yeah. and with Dave dying, it's like, oh my God, it is better yeah. not to be drinking. This is this is a knowing at a way way deeper level now. Yeah, like putting it into action. Yeah, here we go. Yep. And Kelly, for anyone who is listening, who is maybe questioning their relationship with alcohol, what would what advice would you give to them? Yeah. listen to your own damn self (laughs) you know like yes I really believe this like yeah you they know and if their spirit is not nagging them great yeah totally (laughs) but but uh if it is the 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 only desire that your spirit has for you is the best it Mm. is in damn love with you Okay. 
and it's a lot smarter than you. So why on God's green earth would you not listen? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I think we like to rationalize and justify, you know, everything that we can get away with. But yeah, you, you know, your intuition, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, you know, like you can run, but you can't hide, sister. And you imagine that it's bad. It's like, well, I don't mm. want to listen to it because I deserve that nice glass of wine on the patio with my friends. Like I deserve that. And so I'm not going to listen to this. Like we imagine, or I did. Okay. It was me. Um, that this is like sort of a bossy mom telling yes. us not to drink or, or to do whatever it is. Right. Like, it's like, Oh, you, this voice in my spirit or in my soul or in my mind does not want me to have any fun. And so it, it picks my ass, right? No, that's not it at all. Like this voice is, it's you. It is, it's, it wants you to have the most fun. Yes. Like it wants the absolute best for you. So it isn't like you should listen, like you should listen to that math teacher from grade eight. <laughs> no, this is, this is way better. This is not a bad thing because you're, this voice does not want anything bad for you. And yeah, yeah. I, I told you I wasn't going to evangelize, and here I am. I'm at the pulpit. <laughs> oh my god, I love it, Kelly. Where can we find you on the world wide web? I mean, you should. I'm on LinkedIn, the worst app ever. Right? Like, oh my god! If anyone, whoever is behind the scenes at LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, we done. Anyways, yeah. so I am on LinkedIn. <laughs> right. But, um, and I'm on Instagram if you want the occasional glimpse of like my family. And, uh, but really, yeah. if you want to mm. know me, all the mm -hmm. good and bad and ugly, I'm on TikTok. What is your TikTok handle? Kelly LaValley. Perfect. I don't. Kelly? Wait, wait, wait. Wait. There might be Double check that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. Oops. Here I should. They're trying to show me an ad. Talk about complaining about a platform. Um, yeah. So there is an underscore. So it's Kelly underscore Lavalley. Perfect. Great self promoter. Oh my god, I love it, Kelly. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experience and knowledge with us. This has been so great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I don't know how Kelly and I made it through that episode without completely bawling our eyes out. Grief is tough and all the emotions that come with it can be overwhelming. But there is no right or wrong way to move through the feelings of grief. However, I can personally say, and from what Kelly has said today and experienced, alcohol never makes it better or easier. We got your back at any stage of your booze-free journey. Head to asobergirlsguide.com for tips and tricks to change your relationship with alcohol once and for all. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.